Good morning. We're going to get started just a little bit earlier this morning because we've got a lot of a lot of great stuff to go over today. It's great to be back this month. I was out um, last month with my family, and I'm really grateful to Mark Marquin for uh, hosting last month. I heard some, yeah, good, thanks. Mark, you hearing that somewhere? <clears throat> you know, I did hear some negative comments, though, about my hair. I just want to remind you that this is on podcast, Mark, and that uh, we hear everything, so... We'll, we'll be back. We'll be back on that one. Uh, where I hated missing, I loved my time with my family, and I wanted to um, show just a couple of photos. We had um, celebrated 17 years of being married to my wife, Crystal, on July 4th. So how many of you know July 4th uh, is Independence Day? I don't know what that has to do with getting married on July the 4th. It was kind of an oxymoron, but, you know, when you get married on the 4th of July, there's always fireworks. So there you have it. Uh, then also, we have a picture of my 14, well, both my boys, so Zane and Grayson. Zane is 14 and loving everything, um, basketball and fishing. So you cut him, he bleeds both of those things. And then uh, this was us, and back up just a second. My other one was my little one, Grayson, who is on fire all the time for everything. So whatever it is, he never sits down for longer than two seconds and is always hungry, that little one. So uh, we had a great time. And then the next one, uh, next slide. So we were um, fishing. He is an avid fisher. He could fish eight hours a day with his buddy Connor, who's here somewhere in the room, and uh, that was his catch of the day, and you would have thought that we, those were gold bullion. He was so excited about them, so there are a lot. We learn when we take pictures of fish that the, whole, the closer you hold the fish to the camera, the larger the fish look, so those look really big, and they're really about like this, so that's the truth. We had a good time, so that's all that matters. Uh, we love having you guys here today and are so grateful that you choose to, to join this event. You know, Monday, I had... Um, a very uh, dismal number of you that RSVP'd, and by Thursday, you know, the room's full. So I kind of laugh. I kind of watch what happens because I get all of your emails, and uh, we're all a little late on our RSVPs, but I'm grateful. I'm really grateful. You're all, y'all made it. Uh, you know, good thing about this group is, again, that the purpose of this group is really just to introduce you to all that's going on at our church, and then also just to introduce some new people. Hopefully, you'll all walk away and meet somebody you hadn't met before, because that's really, you know, the truest uh, blessing of community is that you get to meet faces and, and meet people, shake hands you haven't, haven't met before. And, you know, one of the things that we're doing really, really well at our church, and I will speak this for the men that we're not doing so well about small groups is we're, there's not near as many of us in small groups as there are either women or couples. So we could do a lot better job of jumping into groups and learning a lot. I will tell you, we've been, I've been in a group since we started this four years ago, and it has been life-changing, not, not just for myself, but for community. Your family goes through good things, bad things, tough things, happy times. You have people there that are cheering you on, that are really cheering you on, not just like, hey, brother, I'll pray for you, and then they never pray for you. I mean, these people are really at your doorstep taking care of you. And so we've had the opportunity, opportunity to do that. We've had that done for us. And that's truly the blessing of community. I was going to have Scott Starr come up real quick. Um, he has, because we're just kind of in the middle of, we just ended our summer groups. We're just starting our fall groups. And he's going to go over some dates and things for you. So Scott, fill us in. Thanks, Johnny. All right, I'm here to make my semi-annual uh, uh, talk on leading a small group. So anyway, uh, I know some of you do that. For those of you who have been doing it, I want to encourage you to get your small group signed up. We've got uh, the finder is actually going to open on August 12th. Uh, the, uh, the training meeting is the day following on August 13th at six o'clock uh, here at church. So that's not only for existing small group leaders, but anybody that's interested. So if you're interested, I'd certainly encourage you to come uh, on the 13th at six o'clock. Uh, if you know you're going to want to lead a small group but haven't done it before, you can go ahead and go online. There's six 
five-minute videos, takes 30 minutes to watch, uh, that they want you to watch before you sign up. Uh, and really, small groups can be uh, a lot of different things. You can have a group that just gets together and watch uh, the church service and discuss it. Uh, you can have an interest-based group. Uh, I was just talking to John over here. He has a group that gets together and does construction, uh, helps out uh, widows, uh, single moms, people that need with fix-up items. Uh, you know, we've got groups that go to Homni on Thursday night and do prison ministry. Really, whatever your passion is, uh, you can certainly lead a group at that. So if you've got some interest in it, please come to the meeting on the 13th. Uh, if you want to talk to me uh, or Grant Gardner, who's our uh, new men's leader, I'm sure we'd be glad to talk to you about it and help you figure it out. So thank you, Johnny. And those dates are up there too. A lot of people ask when it starts and when it stops. Those dates are up there. So November, so put those back up there again real quick. So September 3rd is when the groups actually start. So in the finder, so cotm.info, if you want to join a group, that's where you go to uh, get signed up or uh, come to the leader training on the 13th. And remember cotm.info because it's your source for everything Church on the Move. Uh, even during services, it's great to have those notes there on your phone. So it's really helpful. And you can email those notes to yourself. So that's a really good resource for you. I'm going to get right into real quick uh, Ephraim today. I want to give him as much time as I can. We wanted to have the ability at the end. I got to spend a little time with him on Love Day. We did. Um, we were out at a, a, a children's home, and I loved spending time with him. But I got about 15 minutes with him where I just got to grill him on questions for from uh, his experience in American Ninja Warrior. And uh, it, was a, it was a really great conversation. I have Billy Wyland in the house here today, too, somewhere. If you just raise your hand, he was also another warrior in the house. So glad to have a couple of guys here that have been on, on that show and had that experience. But um, Ephraim, the thing I love about Ephraim is that um, been married for, for nine years to his wife, Rebecca. They have five children. They've attended Church on the Move for 10 years. Uh, he works at Nick's Tree Service, which uh, some of the photos and things I've seen of him, he's so high in the trees. Uh, it's, it's scary, <laughs> really scary. And just swinging from things, so he's he's a natural-born uh, tree monkey. Um, he uh, for years he had a dream to be on American Ninja Warrior, and so he built like many of the guys you see. They built a course. He built the whole course uh, and had been running it for a long time. So it was um, uh, two and a half years. He built. He was working on that gym, and then was called by the show to be on it. So on June twenty-second, he competed, and uh, we want to welcome him today to share his experience and his life experience with us. So welcome, uh, Ephraim Taylor. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you, guys. Glad you guys are all here. I'm uh, excited to be here. Um, I'm definitely an advocate for uh, small groups. This wasn't part of my talk, but I'm just going to throw it in there anyway. I host a small group for guys, uh, and it's, uh, it's important. you got to be in a group. you got to have a group of guys around you. It's uh, really important for you as a man, as a leader. Uh, but I'm just going to jump into it and tell you my story, tell you kind of how I got to where I am today. Um, grew up. Uh, in a Christian home, parents, you know, loved God, went to church, all of that, uh, and, you know, I was a very shy kid, very just to myself, didn't really, wasn't very extroverted at all, very introverted, um, and my dad, my dad was actually an iron worker, and he started uh, doing firewood on the side, splitting firewood on the side to make some extra money on the side, and that actually turned into a tree business, so from, I remember getting picked up from kindergarten, uh, getting a go split wood and carry it to people's backyards, and that's how I spent a lot of days after school and summers and all of that stuff was spent working, and so I grew up working. You know, every summer I got to go work, uh, which is great when you're a kid, you know, uh, but it taught, a lot of, it, taught a lot of, it taught a lot of cool skills, you know, when I, was, when I was 16, I was able just to buy a truck because I had money, you know, I was able to uh, work, and that's how I actually met a lot of the people from church was I showed up and I worked hard and was able to uh, make a lot of connections that way, but 
<clears throat> in sixth grade, which sixth grade is very awkward, if any of you remember sixth grade, it was especially awkward for me. You know, it was just, uh, I didn't know what to do. New school, new times. The first day of school, I showed up, you know, show up to your locker with a keypad. I didn't know how to operate a lock, and so I actually ended up late to class, and I was never in trouble. I hated getting in trouble. And so I just thought I was going to get in trouble and all this stuff, and I was, like, like tearing up and crying. And I remember talking to my teacher, and I remember, like, tearing, and I remember hearing laughing behind me. And so naturally I assumed they were laughing at me because I was crying. You know, honestly, I didn't really think about it until I was putting this together that that's kind of where some of, like, uh, walls that I put up in my life kind of started was from that just embarrassment. And, uh, you know, the next couple of years, 7th, 8th, 8th grade, obviously very awkward um, again, with small groups, if you have kids, it's important to put them in the small groups at church. I'm, I'm a leader. I'm a small group leader for uh, J-High and Wednesday nights. I'm a big advocate for it. Kids need to be there. They need to have somebody they can talk to, somebody that they can trust and be able to open up to. Um, uh, but ninth grade, a lot of things changed in my life. I found hunting. I found uh, uh, martial arts. and I found weightlifting. I could talk about all of them, but I'm going to talk about the, the weightlifting side of it. Um, because, you know, I, I became strong physically, and that's where I put my confidence. I put my confidence in everything I do physical. I, I didn't have, I didn't know who I was through Christ, even though I went to church. I was, I was going to be strong because I'm strong. Um, and I thought everything would come in life because I was strong. You know, I thought I'd find a girl because I was buff or whatever, uh, which is not the case, apparently. And... Uh, <laughs> Because I, after I met my wife, we were talking about it, and, uh, and she said, you know, I really didn't notice your muscles. And it was a total just, it just hit me hard. It was awful. I was like, man, seriously, all this work for all these years, and you didn't even notice? Uh, but so we got, we got married, and uh, like, like uh, Johnny said, I have five kids. Uh, but we got married, started a family right away, and so that, if any of you know, that makes lifting hard. And so it's like you, you go to work, you come home, you've got kids, you're trying to lift, you try to wake up in the morning. That doesn't work sometimes. Sometimes it does. And it, it's this whole balance of doing what you want to do versus what you should do. And several years ago, Church on the Move started doing Wednesday services. And so we got put up on, uh, the, am I going to go to church or am I going to go to the gym? It's a big question. It's a valid question. And for me, it's like I'm going to the gym. You know, but my wife told me, uh, which thank God for wives who challenge us, was Proverbs 24, 5. And the Holman's translation says, a wise warrior is better than a strong one. The uh, New King James says, a man of knowledge increases in strength. That planted a seed. It planted a seed of uh, changing my mindset, changing the way I view things. And, uh, you know, growing up, my hero was always Samson, you know, for all the wrong reasons, you know. (laughs) Uh, you know, a couple years ago, I read the book Fight by Craig Groeschel, and he talks about, it's a great book for any guy. I really, I really encourage you to read it, but he talks about um, uh, just the Samson, and he was strong. He, he was physically strong, and, and many of us are like him because we find our strength, and he, he hid everything else behind the strength. He was strong. He could overcome anything. I loved it about him, but you know, I didn't even know his full story. I just knew what he did physically. You know, he tore doors off walls, killed a bunch of people, killed a lion, all the cool stuff that kids like, you know, pretty much that's the story. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't talk about it. I, I don't remember parts where, I, you know, the, the beginning of his story where he talks about all the, uh, where he caught the 300 foxes, which I have no idea how you catch 300 foxes, then tie them together, then set everything afire, how you do that. But he did that, which is, which is really cool, except for right after that whole fiasco of, of, of failures and having to 
fight off all of that. It says for 20 years, he, he, he judged Israel in peace, which is amazing. But that's like one sentence in the Bible. And then it says, then he walked to Gath, which is 25 miles. So I, I'm curious, though, with, with Samson, does he ever really change his mindset of loving God because he put God first? Or did he just have 20 years of peace because he didn't want to get in trouble again? And so, you know, we, we know the story of Samson. He met Delilah, all this stuff goes wrong. But it wasn't until his death that he truly found God because it was in his death that he cried out to God when he didn't have his strength that he, he just said, God, I need you. How unfortunate is that to never have changed his mindset and to always hide behind the strength that he has? And so, you know, even though he was my hero, I didn't really know his story and I didn't really learn from that. But at the same time, uh, King David was a man after God's own heart. You know, he wasn't perfect by any means, but he grew up a runt. You know, he grew up the smallest guy, the eighth kid, all this other stuff. We know his story. But the, through his upbringing and before he became king, he, he had failures, yes, but he, he always put God first. And we, we go to the story of Bathsheba where, you know, he was, uh, I'm going to make another pitch for small group here. Uh, he had, the Bible talks about his mighty warriors, I guarantee you those guys were close. You don't become mighty warriors and you don't go, you know, kill thousands or hundreds of people for a guy just for a drink of water if you're not close to that guy. So he had a small group. Um, but I, 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 I can't help but think um, while, he, while, he, while he was at home, which he wasn't supposed to be, he was supposed to be at war, I guarantee you his mighty warriors were at war. So he was home without his group, without that the strength, where he had strength. He found strength with the guys around him. And, you know, he got into trouble. But the great thing about David is through his trouble, he had the mindset and the, the perspective of he put God first and he got called out on it. He tried to make things right and he just surrendered to God. He fell on his face and humbled himself to God. And so uh, I, I, say, I say those stories in the comparison of, of learning to think about when we want to change, when we find something we want to change, we have to change our mindset first. Um, uh, a few years ago, uh, like, like Johnny was talking about, I, I started to, the desire to want to build a salmon ladder. And that's pretty much where it started. Salmon ladder is where you actually jump the bar up, if you've seen the show or seen the, uh, I've seen it before. And so I, I started with a salmon ladder. I started to draw it out, which those drawings are pathetic. But uh, uh, that's where it started. And so I started to want to change kind of the way I worked out. So I built this gym in my, in my dad's backyard because I didn't have room in my yard, and it's, it's a pretty good-sized gym. I don't know if I have a picture of it or not. I'll show it later. Um, I, think I, I think I forgot. To, yeah, right there. So uh, this green, this is a salmon ladder, right? this square. This is what it started. And then I was just like, well, I have more material, so I'll start building this, and uh, maybe I could do this, and then this, and then this, and yeah, I just... Don't, I don't ever stop building and changing. And so then I just built it. And so when I built it, I had, I had three goals in mind. I wanted to train for American Ninja Warrior. I wanted to somehow have fellowship with guys. And I wanted to somehow make money on the side. And so like any normal guy, I went for the trying to make money on the side first. Um, so, <laughs> so I struggled. I struggled for, for many weeks trying to get people to come out, you know, just for free. Hey, come check out my gym. You know, I'd like to start this gym, all these things, all these things. And this was at the same time that the revival was about to happen. And uh, I was at prayer one morning. And I was trying to get Pastor Stephen Posey to come out. I thought it would be cool for him to check it out. He actually said, why don't you start a small group? And it just hit me like, you know, 
why don't I start a small group? That would be really cool. So I started one, and uh, it was, you know, had no idea how to lead one, and I, I never wanted to join one. And so if you don't want to join one, just start your own. Um, <laughs> I, that's pretty much what I did because <laughs> I didn't want to join one. So, uh, but yeah, uh, so I started a small group, and it's been amazing, and probably it's been better for me than any of the guys in it. I mean, they might say differently, but it's it's helped me grow tremendously. And uh, and so, yeah, the early 2016, I applied for American Ninja Warrior. Uh, and so the way that works is you apply, you make a video, and you put this application in. And if you don't hear back, you didn't make it. <laughs> and so you just go on for a couple months of just like, well, did I make it or not? I have no idea. Uh, and obviously the show started, so I didn't make it. Uh, so but I kept training. Uh, and then this next, this last year, I, I put my application in like the day, I think it was the day that the video was due. I kind of put it off a little bit, but my wife helped me tremendously put this uh, pretty neat video together and uh, yeah, send it in. And so life goes on until you hear back. It's just, there's no like guarantee or anything. And uh, it was pretty cool because Valentine's Day, we're actually going on a date. Uh, we have babysitters for our, our kids and I get this phone call, and my wife's, like, ready to go. She's looking at me, hey, let's go. I'm on the phone, and I'm grinning like an idiot because I'm talking to some lady, and, and she's saying, hey, you made it. You've got producers going to be calling you over the next couple of weeks. Uh, block off, you know, March 25th to the 27th, and make sure you're prepared to be in San Antonio. And so it's, it's pretty vague, you know, and so some guys call and, and whatever. And so uh, I keep saying so, and it's a funny story because when I was there, I, I talked to a, a producer, and while he was interviewing me, he kept telling me to don't say so. And so I don't, that's what I think of every time I say so. Sorry, guys. Uh, uh, but so we show up. See, I said it again. Uh, we sh I show up in San Antonio, and uh, uh, it's pretty cool. You're not supposed to go see the course, but, of course, everybody goes to see the course. Um, and... Uh, Sunday comes, so we get there Friday, Saturday, there's all these interview shots, I got picked to interview, so I'm there, and you go do these hero shots where you look down, look up, look down, look up, look over, look over, and it's just, it's like, okay, whatever, it's, it's kind of neat, it's fun, you meet a lot of cool people, though. you meet the people on the show, and that's, it's really cool, and you, uh, and then Sunday comes, the big day, the game day, you know, time to go on, and, but it's not early in the morning, it's pretty much, you've got to wait the whole day. And so I try to take a nap to rest, but I can't sleep. You know, I'm just laying in my bed wide awake. My kids went to the zoo, and I'm just, like, alone. And, all right, fine, I'll go get lunch. And finally the day comes, we, uh, that night comes, and uh, we show up, like, 5 o'clock. And uh, you show up, you sign in, they tell you the number. They give us a little yellow card, and they say what number you're going to run. And it's at night, so it doesn't start till like, 9, but I'm there at 5, and 5.30. And I get lucky number three. So I'm the third person to run. He's back there. He knows exactly what I'm talking about, <clears throat> uh, and uh, which was really cool because he actually called me. I'd never met him. He called me the day before and just trying to give me some encouragement, kind of tell me how it was going to go. So I, I appreciate that. And uh, but so I'm running number three. So it's like great. Now I'm gonna sit backstage and wait for my turn to run. And uh, I'll be honest, I'm a nervous peer. I think I peed like 12 times in like two hours. <clears throat> uh, but. Uh, but uh, but you don't get to run the course. You don't get to try anything. They pretty much just uh, show up, and they let somebody run it just to show you the rules, the obstacles, and then you go back and you wait. And so uh, I'm sitting there ready to go. They send a couple more guys through, make sure the course is good, then it's pretty much my turn. And it's uh, it's 
nervous, like nerve-wracking nervous. I mean, it's not like there's millions of people there, but there's TV cameras. I know the setting. It's just a big stage, uh, and everything is huge. Big lights, big cameras, all this stuff. And so I'm getting up there, and I, uh, I do not wave at anybody. I don't look at my family. I didn't do anything. I was very, like, deer in the headlights, horse blinders on, looking straight forward. And uh, he says, go. And I don't know if you guys have watched the show, but the first obstacle is always these slanted steps you gotta jump on one then jump to the second one there they go up and over and I'm on like the second one and it just kind of hits me like holy crap I'm really here <laughs> and then it goes and then it goes straight back to just just running the course and I'm like just looking straight forward and so I, I a lot of guys they'll get through one obstacle and they're celebrating there's no celebration none it was just straight to the next one. I mean, the next one. Uh, this is actually the second obstacle. You have to go from a trapeze to this cylinder thing. I have no idea how I got on those blocks. I can't for the life of me remember. There's like two big blocks. I have no idea how I got up there. But you jump off this trapeze, and you have to let go of the trapeze, grab this, this uh, cylinder thing, and the cylinder thing starts swinging. So then you jump off that to a cargo net. I make it through that. And then the third obstacle, which is actually the one I was most nervous about because it's an agility thing, and I don't not that not that agile, uh, but they're these these big red balls. There's four of them, and they're off-centered, and you have to run across them, and they spin, they move, they're held by cables. So it's like, okay, fine. I jump up on stage, and I don't even, like, pause. I just start running. And all of a sudden, I'm, like, running first one, second one, third one, fourth one, and I make it on the mat, and I'm, like, super pumped. The next obstacle, the fourth one, which is like, man, that shouldn't be any big deal. should be able to nail it, no problem. I get up those just weird angled trampoline, you jump to this ring. There's about a ring about this big on these hooks, like a hook here and a hook here. You've got to swing and jump and hit it. Shouldn't be a big deal. I get on it, and I am not swinging back and forth straight. I'm spinning in this crazy circle thing, and it's not working out. So I stop, try to reset, and try to get going again. I'm kicking this trapeze, thinking I'm going to get disqualified, all those things. And so finally, I just, I just jump as hard as I can, and I hit the hook, and I'm in the water. And all of that tension and pressure just, like, melts away, which is amazing, you know. It's like being baptized or something. Just all that, <laughs> all those bad things just go away. But, you know, it was, it was really cool. So, but, but that, it didn't really end there because I was the third one. There's 115 people to go, and the top 30 move on to the next round. So I'm third person going. I'm obviously in the top 30. Um, we'll figure. Uh, so I go back to the, the deal, I'm watching those guys go, and it's, it's getting later and later. And I'm still in the top 30, and there's the last 12 guys to run, and I'm sitting at number 27. Uh, so it's pretty close. But it starts to rain, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Only not, because they, they had to stop a guy. A guy was running his course, and, uh, and he slipped off, I think, because it got wet. And so uh, they say, hey, we got to call it. And the, uh, the last 12 guys will have to come back tomorrow and film the rest of it again. So I have to go the whole another night. I might move on. Who knows? This is at 6 o'clock in the morning, by the way. If you've never watched the show, it's always at night. There's guys running at 6 in the morning, and it, it's, it's wild. Um, so the next day, I come back, and uh, the 12 guys run. You know, I'm still in the top 30, but that number keeps getting smaller. I'm at number 30, then I'm at 31, 32, and I finish at number 33 which is pretty cool for my first time, super pumped. I mean, I have no, I mean, it was just awesome. I actually have a competition next week uh, for the National Ninja League I'm going to, I'm excited about. Um, but that whole experience was just really cool. And, and just looking back on it, 
You know, I turned 30 yesterday, which I'm, I'm still very young. Uh, but just looking back on things and where you get places, I, I think about the perspective that I have on the health and the changes that I made leading up to this awesome experience. You know, I talked about uh, my wife challenging me to go to church versus working out. Uh, some of the changes I made in my, in my lifestyle had to do with what, we, what I eat, what I put in my body. And uh, um, I think a lot of times we, we look at things on a physical level. So many people, when they want to change their, their health, they go to the gym and work out. But that's, that's, just, not, that's just not how it should be. You should, it, it's, it's the same. It's a spiritual thing, too. You know, you can go to church, but that doesn't mean that you have a relationship with God. You know, it's, it's what you put on the inside. It's the time you have with God's relationship. It's knowing the real Jesus, like Pastor Witt said. So when you, do, when you talk about your health and the way that you take care of your body, um, a lot of times it's, it has to start with your mindset. You know, you, if you've ever been in the gym, you've heard people say it's 90% mental and 10% physical. It's so true. But it doesn't have to start in the gym. You know, I love gym. I love lifting. I love working out. And I love being active. And I think everybody should be. But it can't start there. It's got to start with what you put in. Same thing spiritually. What do you put in is going to come out. Um, so I have a couple of analogies kind of, uh, but I want to talk about what's your why? Why do you want to get healthier? Why do you want to improve your life? Why do you want to get better? You have to know what it is. If you don't know why you're doing something, how are you going to be able to do it? But if everybody has a car, right? Everybody drove here. Everybody takes care of their car, right? If you don't put oil in your car, what's going to happen? The engine's not going to work, right? We take care of our car. We put oil in it. We put gas in it. If you put water in your gas tank, the engine's going to blow up. But why is it that the vehicle that God gave you, your body, we don't treat the same way? How often do what we put in doesn't reflect something that's going to build our body up? As men, we're leaders. We have to lead our families. We lead our kids, and we lead by example. The way that we take care of ourselves should reflect that. I mean, it takes discipline, yes, but the way that you take care of your body is probably a reflection of how your kids might take care of their bodies. God gave you a body, and it says you should be stewards, a good steward of what God's given you. God's given you a body, and he's only given you one. We got to take care of it, you know, because, you know, Pastor George a couple weeks ago did a cool analogy. We had, we had Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, and he showed their lifespans, and it showed where Abraham's story ended, but that's not where his life ended. He had all these years of life that I guarantee you was spent pouring into his kids and his grandkids and his great-grandkids. You know, I look at my five kids, and they're all young. They're all 11 and, and, and under, and I think about where I'm going to be in the next 10 years, you know. And when I'm 40, they'll be in their upper teens. When I'm, you know, 50, 60, I, I want to be in the best shape of my life when they're hitting all those stages. Because as a dad, I'm called to take care of my kids, but that doesn't end when they leave my house. So I, I have to think about it as I hit 30. Like the last, like when I, I think about where I felt when I was 20, and I feel so much better now because I'm healthier inside. You know, you don't have to, just because you're skinny doesn't mean you're healthy. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about true health, which is on the inside, which is the same thing spiritually. Um, same thing with a car, an investment. We wouldn't, most people wouldn't make a bad investment. You know, we, we have 401ks, all these retirement plans, but I would think that the best retirement plan, the most important one is the plan that you put on your own body. You know, we want to save for the, for the future, but how do you take care of your body now? Because that's going to pay off. What you do to your body today is going to pay off in the future. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, 23 says, All things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I mean, that's something that I think we'd all teach our kids. 
right? I mean, you can do this, but you shouldn't do it. Well, why? Well, why don't we take care of our bodies? It's something that the Bible talks about. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says, Don't you realize in a race everyone runs, but one person wins. Run to win. All athletes are disciplined in training. They do it to win a prize that fades, but we do it for eternal prize. So run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. You know, taking care of our bodies is important because, you know, it says, uh, it says discipline my body like an athlete. If you have a job, what if you change your mindset and your perspective that you're an athlete? If you're a plumber, a tree climber, a guy who works at a desk, if, you, if your mindset was more on, I want to be healthy and the decisions that I make every day affect it. It doesn't mean you can't go have ice cream occasionally. Take your kids to have ice cream, yes. But in the, in the everyday decisions, the decisions that we make, is it in a, healthy, uh, in a healthy way? Do I make healthy decisions? Do I know how what I put in my body is going to affect my body? I love ice cream. I don't know if you guys like ice cream, but I love ice cream. <laughs> right? However, it, do you know how it's going to affect your body? Like if I have ice cream at home and I wanted it, who, who wants ice cream late at night? Like everybody wants it, right? Late at night, Aaron's back there, he loves ice cream, he'll eat the whole tub. But what if you can make that decision to, you know what, if after 7 o'clock I'm not going to eat it because it's going to affect the way I wake up, which is going to affect my job, which is going to affect the way I come home, which is going to affect how I take care of my kids. Because the way you fuel your body is just like the way you fuel your car. If you put bad fuel in your car, it's not going to run right. If you put bad fuel in your body, it's, it's not going to run right. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite quotes uh, is Discipline Equals Freedom. It's by Jocko Willink. It's a very simple quote, but it's so true. Through discipline, you're able to do things in life. I mean, you're able to be free in so many things in life. And these principles for being healthy, I mean, Pastor Greg talked about your time management, how healthy that is. Um, but discipline equals freedom. I'll, I'll say it a couple times probably because it's, if you just think about it, when you can become disciplined, you have the freedom to do things. I know I've repeated myself, but um, one of my other favorite quotes is, be fit to be useful. And if you just simplified it to just be useful, it's so powerful. Like, like it, Are these decisions going to help me be a better dad, a better uh, leader, a better guy at work? If, if, if I view myself as an athlete in my job, I'll take care of my body so that I can do my job better. You know, everybody wants to be good at their job. We put a lot of focus on our job. But a lot of times our bodies get like second, third, fourth place. But every day we get up, we have to walk, we have to go do our job. So let's take care of our body. Let's think about that. And, just, and I'm not saying you have to go all in. Little things. Make one change. Work on that change. And because it's not a diet. Diets come and go. Diets can fade. But a mindset is the way that you view yourself. Just like our relationship with Christ, you know, when we first become, when we first give ourselves to Christ, you know, we, we have, um, we don't just automatically change everything. Christ changes us, right? I mean, Christ changes us from the inside out. Well, same thing with your body. Um, anyways, I wonder if you guys were, were you, there's a ruler on your uh, table. I'm sure you were wondering why. It's just a, it's just a quick analogy. Um, if you could imagine that every inch was 10 years of your life, okay, from 1 to 120. If you find out where your age is based off that, so I'm 30, so 3, cover it up. That, that part of your life is gone. You can't get it back. It's still part of your life because it happened. You can learn from that. 
But if you were to if you were to look at it and you were to think, you know, I don't know what the average age of, of men these days die or whatever, but if you were to kind of figure that out and you were to cover that up, let's say my dad had a heart attack last year at 65. He's still alive, thank God. Um, but if we were to cover it up, like this is how much time is left. I, I got this analogy from Chris Hodges and he talked about time. But if you were to cover it up, this is the time you have. So if you were to look at it as an investment or anything else, if this time was gone, let's say 65, if this is what I have left, but if I can make one change now that could add just a little bit of time to make this ruler just a little bit longer, would it be worth it? Would it be worth it for your kids? Would it be worth it for um, the people in your life? Would it be worth it for your, I mean, even the, the time you put into your retirement? If you could just add just a little bit more time, wouldn't it be worth it? I think that it would. And so, you know, keep the ruler and think about it. Maybe even cut the, uh, the, the time that you've spent off and, and, and maybe tape it where you think it would want to be or just tape it where you want to make it to and how are you going to make it, make it there? Because it starts today. You know, like everything in life, the walk with Christ, it starts today. What can you do today to make it better? So thank you guys. <clears throat> We have just a few minutes left here, so we wanted to do open up for Q&A. I, I know my, my time with him, I ask him about 50 different questions about the show and about his life and about training and things like that. So if you have a question, just raise your hand, and we'll repeat it for everybody to hear it. So, yes, sir. Yeah, it's, it's hard. You know, I... I she has been very supportive. I mean, obviously, she's a, a great woman, and um, it's been hard. You know, ex I, guys, I don't work out as much as you probably think I do. Uh, lately, I've been working out once in the evenings on Thursdays, which is my small group, uh, and then a few times in the mornings when I can. Um, but I, I made the decision to, I'm not going to make, let American Ninja Warrior take over my family, and I'm not going to give that up for my family. And so she's been extremely supportive. You know, a couple of weeks ago, she was struggling with Thursdays. Like, it's such a down arrow. And, but she finally said that, you know, you're supposed to be there, and you're supposed to be there. And so it's my job to help make sure that you are there. And my wife was extremely supportive, and uh, I, th I thank God for her. And, you know, yeah, I, I don't know how I would do it without her. So if that answers. I, you, the whole process starts again. I mean, I pretty much need to make another video, apply, and, and get on. I'm hoping that with the other competitions I'm doing, I did some uh, uh, just keep competing. You know, you get better at it. Hopefully next year I can actually wave at somebody. But uh, <laughs> uh, I have to apply again. The whole process starts over again. You know, I'm hoping that the competition the last time, and then I, I did a couple, I'm sure you guys don't know this, but there's actually tree climbing competitions from, like, around the world. Like, it's a world thing. Uh, but I went and competed. I did pretty good on it. I, I, uh, I, uh, there's like five events, one of which was a footlock. It's 50 feet up a rope, as fast as you can go. And so I, I got, took second place. I did it in 18 seconds. Um, so that's that my fastest time. World record's 13.6, which is ridiculous. So five seconds away. I have a short warped wall. I have a 12-foot one. Um, I have a 12-foot wall, and I, uh, 
I hope to build another one. Like, I'd like to have a 14 and a 16, but I have the warped wall. Uh, yeah. Any other questions? I do. I really want to. I want to be able to open a gym. It's one of my dreams. I mean, obviously, it's a pretty big gym I have already, but it's on my dad's property. It's not like convenient. I can't really just open it up. Uh, that's why I just started a small group there. But yeah, that is one of my, my goals and my dreams. And this whole process has been pretty cool uh, with meeting people. I <laughs> I started Facebook and social media because I got on the show because I figured it'd be cool to interact with other people. And because of that, I've met uh, two other guys who have come out to my gym and we've become friends. And one of which is actually getting ready to open up a gym in Broken Arrow. And I'm going to be able to help them design it and maybe run it a little bit. And so it's it's pretty cool. Anybody else? My takeaways, uh, I think a big part of it's the experience. I mean, part of it is just, uh, honestly, this is a big takeaway. This is something I've wanted to do for a long time is to be able to speak, and this is actually my first time to actually speak. Hope I did a good job. Uh, but one of my biggest takeaways, and one thing that I wanted, that I prayed over was that, obviously for me, obviously I, I could say that I competed for my kids and all these things, but I competed for myself. I mean, let's, let's be real here. Uh, but I wanted to use that in a way that, that uh, glorified God. And so being able to use that in some way, even just being able to talk to you guys with that experience, uh, part of that experience is just knowing, like, the pressure of it and just feeling the pressure of it, the experience of just being on stage. I mean, I, my, my, uh, my run, well, part of my run aired. Um, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to say because there's so much involved. But, yeah, I would say a big part of it is just being able to use that experience uh, for positive way. You know, I, I volunteer at the J High and 180 and just even be able to talk to some of those guys and, and just using that to make that connection has been huge. Uh, so getting to talk to these, you know, guys in 6th through ninth, 10th, 11th grade and just be like, hey, talk to them about Ninja Warrior. And like, oh, that's really cool. And I think being able to use the experience uh, just to make connections has probably been the most uh, beneficial thing I've gotten from it. Good deal. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you guys. This morning. Appreciate it. I'm convinced that the things that, that become our passions are the things that, things that God wants to use to change people's lives. And so the things in your own life, you think about what's that little thing that's been in the back of my head for a long time. Uh, maybe it's not that. <laughs> that That's pretty awesome. Uh, that that I saw on screen, I was like, dear God, that's ridiculous. I mean, how do, you, how do you go from an idea to that, you know? But it all starts with something small. You know, something small that God's put in your heart that's a passion uh, to do. And, and God builds and builds and builds. And then you see God use it. I mean, probably I think... The biggest takeaway for us and for me was, uh, for him, was getting to uh, see how uh, God used him in the process. Because you see the show, but no one really sees all the months and months and months. I didn't bring his um, audition video, but that, that told an awful lot. Because you see him out there. The video that I saw, the first one he did was him doing that course in the snow. I mean, snow's just coming down and he's out there just going for it. But God doesn't see us in those moments when we're giving it our all. Because it's, a lot of times it's not our time to be on the stage yet. You know, our time for the stage comes later. But uh, what God sees in secret is where he gets blessing and where we get uh, to learn about, learn about honor. Next month, speaking of honor, we have James Martin here uh, with us. I just want to briefly read you a story, and I had a hard time getting through it last night because it was so moving. James was born in Bradley, Maine, tiny town, 
He says, so tiny, your neighbors are bears and mooses. Uh, he was raised in a broken home to where at one point, because his father was serving overseas and his mother was a drug addict, he, uh, he had left so that he, so he said, so we were picked up on base and flown back to Maine where we were raised by different parents of my family. We spent the time moving from my aunt's house to our grandmother's house until my father got out of the military. He joined the army at the age of 17 and served 15 years. He was seriously injured in Iraq twice, which resulted in nine major surgeries and 15 surgical procedures, which resulted in some serious anger issues, as you can imagine. Uh, James is going to speak on anger, and I wanted uh, also just to say quickly, he also founded uh, Wounded Veterans of Oklahoma, which is a nonprofit that helps veterans and their families with all aspects of their lives. Uh, he says... Um, we are one of the only veteran organizations that is a ministry because the true cure for PTSD is our relationship with our Savior. So I want to have James come up just for two minutes and just talk about what he's going to talk about. This topic that he's talking about was actually requested by some of you guys. And, you know, if you have topics that you're interested in knowing about, you know, you have my email. Feel free to email me, email me and say, hey, I'd love to hear on this or that. But this came out of that, and uh, we felt like James was the perfect one to speak on this topic. Thank you. I do want to say one thing. I'm really excited. You're not the only nervous peer. Where you at it, friend? I promise you, if my wife was sitting here and you said that, she laughed that line and pointed at me and pointed at this guy. I mean, I had some great stories about peeing in the Middle East, which I'll share with you guys on a different situation. But, you know, we all go through struggles in our lives. And, you know, when I talked to Johnny, Johnny said, hey, I would like you to speak. I said, well, I talk about, you know, dealing with PTSD, overcoming PTSD, uh, and different things like that. And he said, I want you to talk about anger. And I said, <laughs> I just chewed my kid out like two minutes ago. <laughs> but, you know, when you, when, you guys, when you guys think about anger, I really believe each of us has a tool bag that Satan uses against us. You know, and every day in our lives, Satan's watching us. He's waiting for that right moment to hit us. But we all have one common thing in that bag that he pulls out, and it's anger. You know, so many different aspects of anger, dealing with our kids, family, friends, situations, or even that case of probably some of you guys were driving here to church and got cut off by somebody, and, you know, God's sovereignty, you felt like he chose you to teach him a lesson. Yes, <laughs> look at all the guilty faces out here. But no, guys, I'm just so honored to be able to come up here and talk about anger. You know, when you think about anger, it's not, it's not a destination. It's a journey that we as men have to go through, and it's a constant struggle that we deal with daily in our lives. So I'm just really excited. If you guys know any veterans who have struggled, please bring them. Any first responders, police officers. I like to have, is there any veterans, police officers, firefighters, sheriffs? Can you guys please stand up? Can we please give these guys a round of applause? You know, it's awesome. I do want to say, you know, I have a lot of close friends who are police officers, you know. In the military, we go to war, and we train to go to war, but we get to come home, and you guys, and firefighters, I don't know how you guys run into burning buildings. You guys are crazy. But when you think about police officers, sheriffs, you guys deal with it every day, so I'm so grateful for what you do. But I'm really excited to come up here and speak about anger to you guys, so please come, bring friends and family, so thank you. So the date on that is September 8th, so it's not that first Friday, it's the next Friday, I think the first, that first Friday's Labor Day weekend. Um, you know, that weekend, we'll also be sending out an email uh, to let you guys know, but um, if you are a veteran or in, in um, a firefighter or a police officer, that we'll, you will be free for that week. So we'll let you know how that, that system's going to work. And I apologize, I know you guys got a lot of emails, we're working through a couple of, uh, when you, you grow like we have, a couple of little email snafus, so if you get like 10 emails from me, I'm sorry. 
please forgive me, but thanks for showing anyway. Um, it was a good day today. I really appreciate you, Ephraim, for being here and sharing your story and just being so real with us. Um, you know, it's the thing we love about this event is guys like this that um, don't always get to speak a lot, but you're getting to hear them for the first time. And so the message is raw, it's real, and we really appreciate that. So let's pray and I'll get you guys out of here. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity again to hear from what you're doing in someone else's heart. Uh, from what, you, what you're doing in Ephraim's, Lord, and what you can, will continue to do. Lord, we pray a blessing on, over him and his opportunity, the, the ones that lie before him, Father, to uh, tell your story. Lord, and thankful that we got to be a little part of it this morning. Lord, for all of us, Lord, whatever the seed that is in our hearts, that, that is our passion, Lord, maybe it's a thing we hadn't even told anyone about. Father, I pray that you would just fuel that today, Lord, with, uh, with um, favor, Lord, as we're about doing all the things that we're doing. Lord, that we find favor with people around us that would help us in that group. Lord, we know that small groups is part of that journey for us, Lord, to, to root out of us things that are evil and to bring about things that are good. And Lord, I pray that every guy in this room would be moved to get into a group or start a group like we talked about, either one. But Lord, that we would be moved to, to do something, not to be who we were yesterday, but continue to push hard to be who you want us to be. Lord, we're honored to be in your presence, and I pray for safety. Everyone travels on this Friday today, Lord, and I pray for a great weekend for us all. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, guys.